Preparation for Ramadan. The Quran Sharif has been revealed for our Hidayat. Hidayat, Hidayat means guidance. And this guidance is what we ask for in every rakat of every salah. Guidance. The Quran Sharif is for the sake of guidance and we keep begging for this guidance in every rakat of every salah. So the Quran Sharif, since it is a book of guidance, it is not possible that there would be some situation that this person would face in life and the Quran Sharif doesn't have any guidance for him. There is guidance for every situation. The guidance may be in a very, very concise manner with the explanation and details of it in the ahadith of Rasulullah wasallam, or something which the principles of that guidance are found in the Quran and Sunnah but the details of that have been deduced and deducted by the fuqaha so every situation that a person comes across in life, there cannot be a situation of that nature that there is no guidance indeed for him. Because he has to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala throughout his life. In order to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala throughout his life, in every situation, every condition, so there has to be guidance for every condition. So if it is a condition of happiness, so Shariat has given him guidance of how to conduct himself in a condition of happiness. There is a celebration of some sort, so how to conduct himself in that celebration? When people don't have the guidance, so then that celebration becomes a combination of all kinds of sins, all kinds of evils and vices. A wedding, a nikah, a nikah, a nikah. So a nikah is a celebration. It's a very great occasion that a, that, a, that a person is entering into that matter of life which will perfect half his iman. It is a sunnah of all the Ambiyah So it's a very great thing. Something that Rasulullah has strongly encouraged. So obviously, it's a great ibadat, it's a great occasion. So that occasion, it requires some kind of celebration also. So therefore there is a masnoon walima, which is a feast, it's a celebration. People are called to partake of something, of a meal, of a meal. So it's a celebration, celebration. Person is fed. People are called and fed something when there's something to rejoice about. 
in this a very sad occasion, occasion where it evokes grief, then calling people to eat on such an occasion, inviting people to come and have something to eat on such an occasion, this goes against the grain of this whole situation. As a result, we see that in the hadith of Rasulullah the guidance that is there is that if the, a person has passed away, so his family is now engulfed in a grief. So others, the community, the neighbors or the friends or whoever, others have been told that now you take care of the household people's needs of food and etc. They are now in a condition that they can't be taking this responsibility on themselves. So for three days which Shariat has allowed as a period to overcome this situation, you take care of them. Because it's not a celebration now. You can't expect them to be inviting you to come and eat at their place. You take care of their food. Unfortunately, when that guidance is missing, when that hidayat is not there, when that ilm is missing and in place of it is jahalat, then the grief becomes a celebration. Not celebration, not celebration, not celebration in reality. Celebration is the others will come and celebrate. It becomes a major burden for the person who is already grieved. Because now he can't say no. And he, and he has to take care of all. Now whoever somebody will have to undertake it. But it has become a burden now. Because everybody will congregate there and wait there to have something to eat. It will be meals time and they will be now waiting now when something will be served. So that has become a burden now. Whereas the teaching, the pure, beautiful, noble, te- beautiful, noble teachings of Rasulullah how much of consideration there is in Shariat and in the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah Now, now don't put any, now don't put any burden on, on that family, on that household. You take care of their situation. So, if it's a celebration, the Dina Sotas, it's a walima. So that walima now, it's a celebration, so people will be invited to eat. It's a celebration, it's Eid, so fasting has been made impermissible. Now it's a day of celebration. Innaha ayyam wa aklin wa shurb. These are days of eating and drinking, so eat and drink. You can't fast on this day. Day of Eid, day of Eid al-Adha, ayyam wa tashriq. Not permissible to fast. It's the days now to accept the ziyafat. And the hospitality of Allah, Allah, Allah Ta'ala. It's a celebration. Eid is a celebration. So therefore this is the way that he celebrated. So every situation has its guidance. There's detailed guidance in the hadith of Rasulullah How does a person conduct himself in that situation? Now these are, these, are, these are principles that will then be applied to any situation which falls within that category. So now if it's a celebration of something on the positive end, that also has been, we have been given guidance in that. And if it is a test, it's a trial, it's a challenge. So how does the person conduct himself in that test, in that trial, in that challenge? That too we have the direction in the Quran and Sunnah for us. So there are many, many aspects that are mentioned in this regard in the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but to just briefly understand this 
from one ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says with utmost emphasis, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ In the Arabic language, this one word, it's all in one word, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ But this is already emphasis upon emphasis. person with the understanding of Arabic little bit, he would understand, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ That لَام تَعْكِيد That لَا Itself is for emphasis. And then lab wala nablu nakum that noon saqila in the end. It's again emphasis. So Allah Ta'ala is saying, we will most certainly test you. It's not just a idle threat. No, no. We'll most certainly test you. And with what? Bishay'im min al khawf wal With a little bishay'im, little. Little fear little hunger, hunger, like in a case of a drought, or other situations. وَنَقْسِمْ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنْفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ And some decrease. نَقْسِمْ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ In wealth, in lives, in livelihoods, وَالثَّمَرَاتِ What's the test? فَتَلَّا تَلَسِيزُ وَبَشِّرِ تَلَسِيزُ وَبَشِّرِ تَلَسِيزُ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give glad tidings to those who pass the tests. The person passes the test, he gets a reward, he gets a certificate, he gets some award, he gets all kinds of praises, and then he gets promotions, and he gets so many benefits out of that, passing the test. Allah is saying, Bashir is Sabirin. Give glad tidings to those who are Sabirin, who adopt Sabr. Now this is already one very fundamental guidance. And one of the most comprehensive guidance. With regards to any situation that is a challenge. Any situation that is a challenge. One is a person, something come come, comes up to him suddenly, out of the blue. He had no thought that such a thing could ever happen. Now when it came out of the blue... It just shakes him. But if a person was walking down some road, and he already was aware very, very well, that this road, you can expect things now. So obviously, number one, he'll be alert. Number two, if something happens, he'll... Now he'll... That's a challenge, nevertheless. But the shock factor won't be there. Challenge the challenge. But there's a world of difference between the two situations. One situation is he had no expectation of such a situation. Suddenly out of the blue he's confronted with it. And Allah forbid that a person is waiting now, this is going to be any moment. There's going to be something that's going to come up. So when he comes up, he's in tan. So he will be affected by it in some way. But the shock factor will be very much reduced. What's the difference? He was forewarned. He was forewarned, this is to be expected. Allah Ta'ala is also forewarning us. That, Look, don't lead your life heedlessly. Challenges will come. These tests will come. And with such emphasis Allah Ta'ala is saying it. We will both certainly test you. Now, this 
emphasized aspect is being mentioned in the Quran Sharif because and, and this is not confined to any one occasion or any one person till Qiyamah this is the matter that will continue Allah is saying you are in this examination hall so there will be all kinds of questions that will come up all kinds of tests the most comprehensive guidance for any condition of challenge any situation that a person is challenged in the first and most fundamental step is sabr and the person who has sabr he's now already a long way ahead in passing he's basically got everything all the tools all the equipment that is required for passing it's now how he then uses it further one is the person goes into the battlefield and he goes without being equipped in any way doesn't have any armor doesn't have any weapon to defend himself doesn't have anything to protect himself and he's just going in the midst of the battlefield unprotected in any way ill-equipped no uh, nothing to protect himself nothing to take care of himself just like that he's not doing so now he's obviously going to be in a serious situation but the person went fully equipped put full armor on him whatever else is required to defend himself and he's got probably people surrounding him so now he himself feels comfortable number one and number two he feels protected he gets the protection so likewise this equipping oneself for any challenge the equipment is subtle then there are things that will follow from it there are things to be done then but if he is without sabr then now he is walking in the battlefield without any armor, any protection, no shield, nothing who is going to be the outcome? this is the first thing and the person who has adopted sabr then the challenge will still be the challenge we discussed this previously that if a person has is wounded and if that wound, the pain of that wound on the scale of 1 to 10 for one person that wound, the same wound will be maybe 9 out of 10 and another person the same wound will be 1 out of 10 sounds very difficult to understand how can this be possible after the battle of Uhud when the Sahaba now are returning and this message spreads in Madinah Manovara that so many Sahaba have been martyred and there was even this rumor that Rasulullah has been martyred though that was a rumor, it was false but for a while that rumor also had spread Nabi Islam was injured so in any case all this news also had reached Madinah Manovara and now when the Sahaba were returning Nabi Islam is returning to so the people of Madinah Munawara, the ladies etc now are coming out to find out about their own household people etc etc so one Ansari woman comes out and as she comes she's given the news your father has been martyred your brother has, your, your brother has been martyred then your husband has been martyred her one question is 
how is rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam where is nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam so amamak sorry they know where is he want to see him so she finally when she gets to see that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is safe and sound so her spontaneous expression one is now somebody had a chance to prepare a speech and having a chance to prepare a speech you can prepare a lot of very eloquent expressions but spontaneously that comes out what is in the heart what is a spontaneous expression kullu musibatin ba'dibatin ba'daka jalalu oh nabi allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam after seeing you safe and sound every musibat is insignificant now what news she was given the condition of complete challenge very great test in one go she is being told father martyred brother martyred son martyred uh, husband martyred mashallah they always shuhada but now for one individual to absorb all this at one time for one individual to absorb all this at one time but this such composure and that composure is kullu musibatin ba'd and it's being expressed in these words kullu musibatin ba'daka jalalu every musibat every difficulty every calamity is insignificant after seeing you safe and sound o rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now what what brings about this number one the sabr number two whenever there's some challenge there's some difficulty there's some hardship there's a calamity whatever it might be the situation so there are three categories of people people get categorized into one of three categories the one category is of those people who begin to look at everything negatively and then become negative nauzubillah towards allah taala start uh having 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 ill thoughts about allah taala start making statements nauzubillah that border on kufr or sometimes actually expels a person out of iman into kufr start cursing their taqdeer start doing all kinds of ajeeb things this is obviously completely obviously completely mahroom completely deprived completely uh deviated that the person now in that challenge in that situation nauzubillah starts having ill thoughts about allah taala starts cursing one's taqdeer starts making statements of kufr this whatever calamity whatever difficulty had befallen compared to this situation that was nothing this is the worst calamity this is a far worse calamity that a person became so deeply uh and grossed in that wrong thoughts in that ill thoughts the person is now making statements of kufr person is making all kinds and harboring all kinds of evil thoughts against allah taala nauzubillah that is the worst calamity the calamity externally can't compare to the extent of this calamity so that is obviously a very very terrible situation allah taala protect us from ever being to any fraction close to that also then there's the second category the second category is of those people who adopt sabr 
the end of summer, they have good thoughts about Allah Ta'ala in that situation also. Allah, whatever is his hikmat, I cannot understand. But I submit myself to Allah Ta'ala. So they have sabr and taslim. They submit themselves. Whatever is the decree of my Rabb, I submit myself to it. So mashallah, that's a very very noble situation. And generally, of the average Muslim and Mu'min, that is what is the minimum expected. That he will adopt sabr, there will be some difficulty felt, there will be some uh, pain experienced, there will be all kinds of emotions sometimes, some anxiety, whatever else. He's insan. But despite that, he still focuses towards Allah Taala, And he remains calm. He does not become overwhelmed. When a person adopts sabr, when a person adopts taqwa, various things in the Quran Sharif that have been mentioned, innahu mayyattaqi wa yasbir, these two things are mentioned side by side. Innahu mayyattaqi wa yasbir, fa inna Allah la yudhi'u ajra al-muhsini. The person who adopts taqwa and sabr, Allah Ta'ala won't allow his reward to go in vain. So the person adopts taqwa, person adopts sabr, Taqwa is already so comprehensive. Everything of deen is there. Fulfilling the ma'murat, the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Refraining from the manhiyat. Refraining from whatever Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. The whole of deen came away in it. That's taqwa. Refraining from sin. The person adopts taqwa. He adopts a'mal saliha. وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَا كُفْرَانَ لِسَعِيهِ وَإِنَّا لَهُ كَاتِبُونَ and then in many ayat Allah wa ta'ala says the person who adopts iman and amal saliha falanuhiyannahu hayatan tayyiba we will give him a good life what is all this meaning? all this means that a person who adopts taqwa adopts sabr adopts tawakkul and trust in Allah wa ta'ala he adopts sabr in the situations that become situations that become situations that become a situation for him becomes a challenge for him. To start off with, if he adopts taqwa, adopts amal saliha, righteous actions, inshallah the calamity will not come. And if he becomes part of a situation where calamity came, then inshallah by adopting that taqwa, adopting sabr, adopting amal saliha, that will be uplifted. And supposing it was not uplifted, it remained with him and took him. It can happen and happened. They were Anbiya Rasulullah was once sitting, leaning against the Kaaba Sharif in the time of when the situation was very, very still challenging in Makkah Mukarramah before Hijrat. And the Sahaba, those who had accepted Islam, were still in small number. And they were being very severely persecuted. And some of them came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam requesting that, why don't you make baddu'a, curse these disbelievers? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sat up. And he said, you are being very hasty. There were those Anbiya Ali Musallatu Wasallam, who some of them, a saw was brought, he was 
first put into a hole in the ground so that he can't move and then a saw was brought and put in the middle of his head and then it was sawed until it, he was sawed in two. But that didn't deter him from his deen. There was that Nabi of Allah Ta'ala who a comb of iron was brought and with that comb of iron his flesh was combed off the bones of his body. Now what is a person the sword is now just waved against him and he becomes shaheed and the other person is being put through this torture. He said that didn't deter him also. That also he remained fully steadfast in that. These are all challenges. So the issue is the person who remains firm on his deen with that taqwa, with that tawakkul and trust in Allah Ta'ala, he's also insan. But if that stayed with him also, because of these amal saliha, because of that taqwa, because of that sabr, Allah Ta'ala's blessing will come in the form of that he will not become overwhelmed with the situation. He will be blessed with that calmness in that situation. Being insan, he'll feel pain. But that same, that 1 to 10, scale of 1 to 10, that wound for somebody else was 9 out of 10, he'll feel it 1 out of 10. What a situation is being presented to her. Your father, your brother, your husband, all martyred. But she is still very calm, very composed. Why? Because there was something in the heart. So now this is the second category. The first category are all obviously completely, unfortunately in destruction. The second category, mashallah, very good. But there is a third category which is even beyond that. The third category is Raza bil Qada. Let alone adopting sabr, which is obviously part of them as well, they are happy with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. And they actually are pleased with whatever Allah Ta'ala has decreed for them. There was a very great alim and scholar of his time, though certain views of his was not in conformity to the consensus of the ulama of the ummah in general. So in any case, because of some of those views which were, he earned in, so he was imprisoned. But he was nevertheless a very great personality. He was a very great personality. He was a person of taqwa, a person who truly had Allah in his heart. But he went off in certain views of his. So in any case, because of those few views which contradicted certain established things in the whatever the ulama had established so he was imprisoned in the prison of Dimashq, Damascus at that time two centuries ago about five centuries ago so in any case when he was brought into this prison so he looked around and he said these people they are feeling they have imprisoned me. Actually they have freed me. They are feeling they have imprisoned me. Actually they have freed me. Now, person is being put into a prison. Those high walls and whatever else. They think they feel they have imprisoned me. Actually they have freed me. So, this doesn't make sense. How does, can a person feel freed? But the person who has Allah in his heart, now he took it in that note now, 
But now I have only Allah to be with. Previously I had to fulfill the rights of people also. People around me had to take care of whatever their rights are. So that also required some attention. So that too was nevertheless for Allah Ta'ala. But despite the fact that it was for Allah Ta'ala, it still was a division. That attention was being divided. Now it is only Allah Ta'ala. So it is undivided attention towards Allah Ta'ala. He was so happy about that. Sometime later his students came to visit him. Now whatever the procedures might have been to come and visit a person in prison. They had come for the first time to visit him. They were overcome with grief. Now they are coming to visit the Ustad who was now snatched away from them. Obviously that attachment, that love that was there. So now when they came and they finally met him, however that meeting might have been, whether it was face to face or behind some, like a bars or whatever the case might be. So now they saw him, he's seeing them in this grief. So he said to them, I'm not, I'm no grief. He says, my Jannat is with me wherever I go. My Jannat is in my heart. My Jannat is in my heart. So where can they take that away from me? They can lock me up in some place, but my Jannat is in my heart. So the person who is connected to Allah wa ta'ala, that person doesn't become, let alone become overwhelmed with the situation. The average person, mashallah, doesn't become overwhelmed. But there's that level of people in dunya who are the special servants of Allah ta'ala, Outwardly, like everybody else, they also are like one of how others are affected by situations and circumstances. But because their Jannat is in their hearts, what Jannat? In one ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ The person who fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala. So if he truly fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala, then what will be the outcome? وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ In another ayat Allah Ta'ala says that he will then restrain himself from all wrong desires. He will not get involved in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And being insan, Allah forbid if there was some error somewhere, some mistake somewhere, some slip up somewhere, he will not be able to rest for one second without having made sincere tawbah first. So the person who أَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَلِمَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ جَنَّتَانِ Allah Ta'ala says for the one who fears standing in front of his Rabb, there's two Jannats for him. Now Jannat is Jannat. What is this two Jannats? Now one explanation can be the various different levels of Jannat, various different types of Jannat. The Na'mads in one Jannat and another Jannat. But one explanation is there's one Jannat already in dunya. And the other is the Jannat that's promised in the Akhirat. The Jannat is in dunya, al-hudur ma'al mawla. Fi dunya ma'al huduri ma'al mawla. That his heart is fully immersed in the love of Allah Ta'ala. And he has his Jannat in his heart. He is connected, his heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala. When his heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala, when a person is in that ecstasy and joy of being connected to Allah Ta'ala, what is he going to be get, come affected by things around him? Things around him can't shake his heart in any way. Being insane, he'll feel pain. 
Big insan, he'll get sick sometimes. Big insan, he'll also have the situations that the insan had. But his heart will be his heart. And his heart, that joy that is flowing and bursting in that heart, who can take that away? So, this is the third category. This is the category of those Ahlullah who have connected themselves to Allah Ta'ala. Now this is that lesson that we have to take. We might not come close to their level, but at least we have to come to the level of that summer basic. Summer and taslim, submitting ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. When a person has come to that note of that summer, then he will focus his mind correctly. When he's learned to adopt that summer, he will focus his mind correctly. When a person hasn't that summer, he will always focus in the wrong direction. A person who has focused correctly, number one will be his yaqeen in place. His yaqeen and conviction in Allah Ta'ala, that will be in place. That whatever comes and whatever goes, this is all by the kudras of Allah Ta'ala alone. In one of the du'as that Rasulullah Sallallahu taught, Allahumma Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatika ma tahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asiyatik. Allah, you give us that much of fear which becomes a barrier between us and sin. Allah, you give us that amount of ta'at and obedience that it takes us straight to Jannah. We don't want to be going via anywhere else. And then the third thing Nabi Islam teaches us to ask Allah, grant us that much of yaqeen and conviction. Conviction that you alone are the doer. Conviction that you have power over everything. Conviction and yaqeen that nothing can move without your permission. Nobody can get sick without your qudrat and will. And nobody can get better without you giving shifa. Shifa. Nobody can remain alive if you have decreed death for him. And nobody will die if you have decreed life for him. Complete conviction in the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. And everything happens by your decree. When that yaqeen is there, Nabi Salaam is saying, ask for this. Allah grant me that amount of yaqeen which makes the masaib of dunya, the calamities of dunya very easy. And if that yaqeen is not there, then the person will go headlong into the traps of shaitan. Then the if will start. If. In one hadith sharif, Rasulullah says, don't start with the if. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ shaitan. That if opens the, it's the key to shaitan. It opens the handiwork and mischief of shaitan. See, if I was not there, then this would not have happened. And Allah Ta'ala decreed it to be there. What is if that there is a place of haram? They don't ever go there. If there's a fire, don't put your hand to the fire. Then don't say, well, if. No, no, you deliberately put your hand in the fire, so now that's your fault. But living within the parameters of Sharia, living within the limits of the Sunnah, don't open the if. Because that if is from shaitan. See, if that didn't happen, and if that person didn't come here, then this wouldn't have happened. Why that person came? 
So now that person became the guilty party. And all the ifs and buts. This is a amal of shaitan. So that yaqeen, if that yaqeen and conviction is in Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala has decreed this. If Allah Ta'ala has decreed life for somebody, he'll love. And if Allah Ta'ala has decreed death for somebody, then anything will become the means of death. Something will become the means of death for the person will just be his death. And something will become a person's, the means of his death will become a shahadat for him. So something will be just, one of it, somebody will just go on his appointed time and somebody will go as a shaheed on his appointed time. That time will not come forward or go backwards. But this yaqeen, that kullum min indillah, let's say everything, everything is from Allah Ta'ala. Complete conviction and yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala. Yes, I must do what is necessary for me to keep within the limits of Shariat and Deen, turn to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, be in obedience of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, do not get involved in sins, do not get involved in disobedience, because these are the things that bring down calamities. So that is the one very, very fundamental thing, that yaqeen must be right. Then together with that yaqeen, if yaqeen is right, so already that وَمِنَ الْيَقِينِ مَا تُهَوِّنُ بِهِ عَلَيْنَا مَصَائِبَ الدُّنْيَا The lesson in here is very clear. The extent of yaqeen, to that extent the trials and tribulations of dunya will be easy. If that yaqeen is of a very high level, these things will be insignificant. And to the extent of the weakness of yaqeen, it will become overwhelming. Then together with that, the person will focus his mind correctly. Focus his mind correctly how? That whatever the situation is, whatever the difficulty has come, but this has inshallah become a means of getting saved from a greater calamity. This is a small thing that has come comparatively compared to what greater calamity could have come. So that already becomes a calming situation in the person's heart. That if the person was, something happened, but in the process something better resulted, so even feels good about what happened. If what happened was a problem, it was an accident, but in the result of that accident something much better happened in return. So he feels quite comfortable with that situation, he's still feeling the pain of that accident, but he's quite happy. So now he focuses that in that way that inshallah something better is in return, or something, some greater calamity I got saved from. A person was going with his money and it just happened that now somebody stopped him to now hijack him to rob him. So now they're searching him. That money got lost somewhere before that. And he had his money with him. But now because he didn't have anything, so they turned their attention to somebody else. But now he's thinking that if I had the money, now that person, they were trying to take it out of his pocket, it got jammed. So in the process to try and quickly get it out of him, they killed him. Now he's going to feel sorry for that person, obviously, what happened to him. But now he's going to focus that if I had something in my pocket also, if that money didn't get lost, and if that got jammed in my pocket in that rush, the person tried to take it out and didn't come out, and to get it out, he killed me, then what would have been the worth of the money? Now the money went, my life got saved, but... Now that money got lost was a calamity. That money got lost was a musibat. But now when he realizes that his 
that money got lost saved his life on that occasion. He feels actually grateful that the money got lost. Now this is a hypothetical example, but there have been real life examples of this kind of things. That there was some problem, and as a result, later on something got saved, it was a bigger problem coming. But because of this problem that got saved. So that mind will now get focused correctly. Then, because he's got that yaqeen, that yaqeen will also be in this, that whatever happens, Allah Ta'ala has spelt it out in the Qur'an Sharif. وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٍ Whatever befalls you is due to what you have done, your actions. So now, what does that do? It spurs him towards Tawbah, towards Istighfar, because his focus is right, that Yaqeen is in place. And if that's not the case, then now he's only analyzing the news the whole day. And now he's only fretting and perspiring and getting anxious over what next. But the time that could have been spent in Amal, in Tawbah, in Istighfar, that too doesn't happen. So neither he gained anything here, and in being anxious and in being overwhelmed, that benefited him in no way also. So neither was that of any benefit, and he lost out tremendously there. But the person who has that focus correct, whatever the halat is, is there, this is not in my capacity to do anything now. So my capacity is to make amal, to get involved in amal. And the more I get involved in amal, Allah will uplift it. And that's the fourth thing, that his yaqeen will be in amal. That yes, there's a situation, there's a problem, there's a difficulty. That difficulty, one is if there is something, now for example, somebody got hurt, got injured. So now he can do something about it. He must go, get it sorted out. It needs a bandage, put a bandage onto it. If something is broken, it needs an operation, go get it operated on. But now if there is nothing that he can do physically about it. So now he's just going to keep looking at it and keep fretting over it. That But now this is broken and there's nothing I can do about it. So that's not going to help him. Because he can't do anything about it. But what he can do at that time, he's not doing that also. And that is the primary thing. Turn to Allah Ta'ala. Engage in A'mal. When a person will engage in A'mal, the A'mal have their own barakat. The barakat of the A'mal will come into the heart. That will fill the heart with sukoon. That will fill the heart with peace, with tranquility. It will strengthen the heart. All these emotions are in the heart. Getting overwhelmed is also in the heart. And being calm is also a condition of the heart. Now with the barakat of those amal, the heart is calm. So now he will occupy himself in amal. One time has already passed, we'll just finish up on this one incident. There was one great alim, Imam Nasiruddin Basti, Rahmatullah so this was around the 6th, 7th century. So he was ill and then suddenly something overcame him. He went into like a complete coma. But it was such a coma that there was no sign of life. So they, people thought he passed away. This was just prior to the time of Khadjar Nizamuddin Awliya Rahmatullah So they thought he passed away. So they actually buried him. Did whatever the necessary things were, etc., everything. 
performed Janaza Namaz and buried him. They barely buried him and probably a short while later, he regained consciousness, he came out of the coma. Now can you imagine, a person suddenly comes out of a coma and he realizes he's in a grave. Now, somebody like us, then that would be it. Now it will be genuine now. First it was a coma, now it will be genuine. That itself will shatter his heart. But he was so calm and composed, number one, he realized immediately what happened. That taqwa, that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, that taluk with Allah Ta'ala, that keeps the heart alive, it keeps the intelligence in place also. Keeps the mind focused as well. So number one, he meet, otherwise the person is bewildered now, he can't seem to know what's going on. But number one, he immediately realized, he worked it out. The why I'm here is, this is what must have happened. That I was sick, I might have gone into this coma, people thought I passed away and they came and buried me. So now number one, he worked that out. That was the calmness of the mind due to the benefit of taqwa and the taluk with Allah Ta'ala. Number two, he realized, what am I going to do now? I can't try and start digging myself out. It will never happen. It's beyond me. I don't have the capacity and strength to do that now. So what could I do now? Immediately it came to his heart and mind that I have learned this, that a person decides Surah Yasin 41 times in times of calamity, some difficulty, some hardship, Allah Ta'ala uplifts that. So 40 times, 41 times, versions, so 40 times they decide Surah Yasin, and then make dua, that becomes the means of that calamity getting uplifted. So very calmly, he immediately commenced with this amal. He started reciting Surah Yasin. He recited once, twice, ten times, fifteen, twenty, thirty, thirty-five. As he started, as he was completing the thirty-ninth time, suddenly he can hear some sound. Now, who's going to come and dig a grave up? But in those days, this was not an uncommon thing. In those days, it was not an uncommon thing that when somebody has passed away and now is just freshly buried, after everybody has gone now late at night, there were these people who were so heartless, they were coffin chores. They would actually come and dig up the grave and come and steal the coffin from the person's body. Now this is a height of heartlessness. So any case, this person, he's in the cover there, he's reciting Surah Yasin 39 times, and this suddenly became the means now. He can hear the sound and he worked out immediately. This must be a kafan joke. Now that again is that com- composed situation. Mind is completely composed, heart is calm, he's able to focus correctly what's to be done. So now he decided, he perhaps was reading about aloud, he softened his whole tone, because if this person hears something, he's not going to finish his job. So he continued very quietly, he barely finished the 40th time, reciting the 40th time, and this person finally dug through. So whatever he was portion he was digging, he finally dug through, so there was an opening now. So as soon as there was an opening, so he quickly woke up and came out. 
But when he came out, this person got such a shock, he dropped there and there and died right there. Now he is thinking to himself that if I just now, people just come to know tomorrow, Sunday they see me walking around, that will be another whole situation. So it was late at night, he started walking through the streets of that village and he's shouting at the top of his voice and going every year and there that look I'm Nas- uh, Nasiruddin and you people have buried me by mistake I was not dead, I'm alive, I managed to come out, please it's me now people are hearing something so already that otherwise if they had to suddenly confront the situation that would have become another whole problem but now can we imagine through all these situations from the beginning, from the first step to wake up in a grave and be co- composed and calm and understand what's happening and then to still be composed and say what is in my capacity is to turn to Allah Ta'ala. I must do that I must turn to Amal and then to work out every step now that now if somebody's going to walk into the place walk home that might create another whole problem for others so what's the right thing to do now all this is a barkat of the taqwa it's a barkat of that Taluk with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, all this is what then brings that composure, that calmness. Otherwise, that person now just came out from the grave, he will be so excited about coming out of the grave, sometimes that will make him collapse. But that composure, everything done in a way that the right thing to do, insan is insan, we all have our ups and downs, but this is what we are required to do in any situation, turn to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, make Allah Ta'ala's help, turn towards Amal. This time that is now ahead of us, Allah Ta'ala protect us, Allah Ta'ala save us. There are people who are planning how to spend this time now. They're going to be in a lockdown situation. So how to spend this time? Now they're already worried about they're going to get bored to death. Now what a calamity this is, that this is a time that a person has got nothing else to do. He's, by, he's forced to be turning to Allah Ta'ala. Even in that situation, a person turns towards Masiyah. Some person is now encouraging somebody else that, well, you can watch this movie in this time, Nauzubillah. What depths this is now. At a time that's supposed to turn the person's heart entirely to Allah Ta'ala. And this becomes a very testing time also. In self it's a test. But just, just to finish off on this one more very important point, that this becomes a very big testing time for many people. That now they are in a new situation. A situation they are accustomed to. Only sometimes families are together, etc. But in a different context, they've gone somewhere on a, some outing somewhere, whatever the case is. Now here this is a different setting. And now they are enclosed, which is not usual for them. It becomes a very big test of akhlaq sometimes. Now recently, the lockdown was already in China some months back. So now when things started now opening out, they realized that there's a very big long list of people applying for divorce. The divorce rate shot up by many, many percent. Now, where's the link between this? Because now they were in an unusual situation and akhlaq was missing. So now they didn't know how to live with one another in that moment. Meaning people of a household. They didn't have any idea of how to conduct themselves. So now that sabr, same sabr, that sabr is missing, that akhlaq is missing. So they're now at each other's throats within their household. Now they're locked down. And now this is the situation. So can we imagine that if a person doesn't have the sabr, doesn't have this akhlaq, doesn't
doesn't have the correct focus, hasn't programmed himself for amal. Especially in this kind of situation, at this time that's coming up, it mustn't be just everything, just will carry on, it will happen. We should program ourselves. After Fajr, this is going to be the Tartib. With Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Surah Yasin, until Ishraq Salah. Because there's nothing else to do now. You can't go anywhere. Until Ishraq Salah, this will be the Tartib. Then perform Ishraq. Fine, you know, to rest for a while. By all means, you know, wake up. This is going to be the Tartib. After Zuhar, I will recite La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimeen 313 times or 500 times, at least 111 times. After Asr till Maghrib, I will dedicate myself to some tasbihat, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, dua. Between Asr and Maghrib is an hour. What else is there to do now? A certain time of the day, the whole family together making some talim. Normally the 10 minutes too is too much. Now what else is there to do? Now 15-20 minutes, half an hour, the talim taking place. So this is something to be done, to program oneself, not to just leave it loose end, because loose then shaitan will find his way. And then unfortunately these are the outcomes. Now then, obviously people don't have iman, now what are you going to advise them of what amal to do? Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with iman. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this beautiful deen. But now it is to take the deen to heart, and take the guidance of deen to heart. The guidance is there, how to conduct ourselves, amal. فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٍ فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبًا Whoever does أعمال صالحة with Iman Allah Ta'ala says he'll give him a good life This is a time to test Not to test Allah Ta'ala na'uz billah But to see how much we have taken to it This is our test There's it We adopt what Allah Ta'ala has asked us to do And see how his promise is fulfilled in that household you'll see that Muhammad increase. If there's Imam, there's Amal Saliha. Amal Saliha includes all, everything. Ibadat, Namaz, etc. happening on time properly. And Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, Tasbihat, Zikr, Dua. Adopting Akhlaq with one another. Then we'll see this reality. This is the promise of Allah Ta'ala. وَمَنْ أَسْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا Who can be more fruitful than Allah Ta'ala? It is for us to fulfill our part of it. The promise is, you do this, this is my promise for you. We do our share, Allah's promise is 100%. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq, Allah ta'ala keep us all steadfast on iman, on deen, keep us with afiyat, keep the whole ummah with afiyat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala remove every calamity and hardship, remove every difficulty from the whole ummah, the whole mankind. Allah ta'ala blow the winds of hidayat and Allah ta'ala keep us with iman, take us with iman, raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين جسنا للكفر في مرسلنا تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا 
Allah, 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 Allah,
ഹബീബിക്കുന്നത്തിനാഹ്വാലിഫ تقبلنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها انك عندك اعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها اقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياه وبعد الممات انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك نسألك موجبات رحمتك نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اسم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل اسم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا حبا إلا فرجته ولا حبا إلا فرجته ولا حبا إلا فرجته ولا حاجة لي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث أصلح لنا شأننا كله أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين ولا تنزع منا صالحا وعطيتنا 
فلا تنزع منا صالح ما أعطيتنا فلا تنزع منا صالح ما أعطيتنا ربنا لا تزخ قلوبنا بعد إذهديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم الله ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم عافنا ونجنا من كل بلاء الدنيا وعذاب القبر وعذاب الآخرة ربنا هملنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأمراض ربنا وأهتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف المعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأبتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله we are your most sinful servants يا الله Allah from head to toe we are covered in sinners إله العالمين إله العالمين إله العالمين إله العالمين إله العالمين فقيمة يا الله الله فقيمة يا الله إله العالمين فقيمة الله فقيمة يا الله الله فقيمة وفاميز يا الله فقيمة ورالتفس الترز يا الله الله فقيمة أمت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله فقيمة أمت يا الله الله فقيمة أمت يا الله إله العالمين أبنف تدفقل تيسة أمت يا الله Love the calamities of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, love the virus, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to all and all, Ya Allah. Allah, grant afiyat to the humanity, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. Save us and then save the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all tests and trials, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us total afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, don't put us to try, Ya Allah. Don't put us to test, Ya Allah. We are too weak, Ya Allah. Without trials and tests, Ya Allah, you accept us, Ya Allah. You make us yours, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us khashiyat, Ya Allah. You grant us inabat, Ya Allah. You grant us complete 100% tawakkul, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. You grant us total yaqeen, Ya Allah. Allahumma, Ya Allah. You grant us that yaqeen, Ya Allah. That becomes a means of, Ya Allah, easing all the difficulties of dunya for us, Ya Allah. Allahumma, qsib lana min khashyatika ma tahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik. Wa min ta'atika ma tuballighuna bihi jannatak. Wa min al-yaqeen ma tuhawwinu bihi alina masaib al-dunya. Allahumma, bat'i'na bi asma'ina wa absarina wa quwatina ma ahiyetana. 
Il a un alibi de Allah. It was your clemency, Allah. It was your mercy, Allah. That till now, ya Allah, you still kept us walking and talking, ya Allah. You kept us eating and benefiting from all your bounties, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you kept our aza and our limbs and organs safe, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. You keep it safe throughout, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, save us from any calamities and hardships, ya Allah. Take us with salamati, ya Allah. Salamati of iman, salamati of aza, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Ya Allah, you give us istiqamat on deen, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. You keep each person steadfast on deen, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you make this a means of every person getting closer to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become a means of, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make it a means of getting your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are still begging your afiyat, Ya Allah. We are begging your afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging your afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, take us at the time, Ya Allah. When our time has come, Ya Allah, take us with shahadat, Ya Allah. Take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Grant us this on kamil iman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, atila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, protect every person, Ya Allah, from all these ailments, Ya Allah. Protect every person, Ya Allah, from all these viruses, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, everything is in your control, Ya Allah. Nothing happens without your permission, Ya Allah. Nothing happens without your will, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, if you merely intend it, Ya Allah, and everything will disappear, Ya Allah. All the evils will disappear, Ya Allah. All the illnesses will disappear, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You shower your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. You shower your rahmat, Ya Allah. And Ya Allah, you protect us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Protect us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Protect us from all the, Ya Allah, calamities also, Ya Allah. Protect us from all the viruses, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, Allah, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all risk is in your control, Ya Allah. Allah, risk is not in any economy, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any country's control, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any ruler's control, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any shop, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any job, Ya Allah. Risk is not in any occupation, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are the giver of risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are not dependent on anything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant to whom you wish, Ya Allah. You grant to whatever extent you wish, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, the means are also your creation, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you give with means also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you give without means. Ya Allah, you give without means also, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you have promised, Ya Allah, that you will grant, Ya Allah, with taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you give us the taqwa, Ya Allah. And with the barakat of taqwa, grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us risk from the sources of your ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant each one halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant itminan and sukoon to each one's heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove all the anxiety and fears, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep each one's iman growing, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from any of these situations becoming a test on our iman, Ya Allah. A test on our amal, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you guide us and protect us, Ya Allah. You guide us and protect us, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save each one's iman, amal, each one's life, wealth and honor, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect each one's family, Ya Allah. Protect all the life and property of each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you 
تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين